From St. Pete to Brandon, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. And a good morning, Thursday or Thursday, the penultimate day of the work week. And it's six minutes after five on this Thursday with Jack Harris and Katie Vicino and James Berlander all on board here. And, of course, if you want to join us, we are happy to hear from you at 800-969-9352. In this, the last day of of uh, summer, the autumnal equinox will occur tonight at 9.04. So be sure you're awake for that so you can feel fall coming on. Um and by the way, Rosh Hashanah, the uh, Jewish New Year, begins on Sunday night. But nevertheless, from the storm and drang to the somniferous, we've got you all covered here. A lot of stuff to talk about. And um, we are going to have someone on from the National Weather Service to get the latest on those storms that are forming uh, out in the Atlantic Ocean. So far, it doesn't look like any of them are going to impact us. One of them could be a, a a rain factor on the East Coast, but we'll learn more from the National Weather Service a little later on. We're over halfway through the storm season at this point, which is good. By the way, we've got um, both sides have rested their case in preparing closing arguments at the federal civil trial where the family of Andrew Joseph III is suing the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office as the the teen was hit and killed crossing I-4 eight years ago. And the judge denied the motion after defense attorneys took another try at removing now-retired Corporal Mark Clark from being a defendant in the lawsuit using qualified immunity as the defense that protects law enforcement from liability because of their job. And uh, defense attorneys for the sheriff's office presented more witnesses yesterday in the lawsuit. But you'll probably remember this was eight years ago. Andrew Joseph was killed while crossing I-4. And this is after he and about a 100 other kids were kicked out of the fair. They had been acting up in the fair, and a whole bunch of them had, so they got kicked out. And for some reason, um, Andrew Joseph decided to walk on down and cross I-4. And I, this should be a lesson. Never try to walk on the interstate. It is not a place anyone should be walking were crossing in any way. Uh, but nevertheless, his parents went on to say nobody notified him about what was happening or contacted them to pick up their son that night. And, of course, the sheriff's office saying they didn't have any phone numbers or anything like that. But uh, the witness said that based on decades of experience and training, law enforcement officers throughout the state the deputies involved in the detention, processing, and removal of the kids ejected him from the fair 
They were not legally obligated to notify the parents of the children or to release them to their parents. And, of course, you didn't have a whole lot of cell phones and things like that back then for them to call their parents, but the defense also doubled down that the ejection of Andrew for running and disorderly conduct was very much lawful. And the plaintiffs have said the ejection of Andrew from the fair by a now retired corporal started a series of events that led to the teen being killed when he crossed I-4. Uh, closing arguments are going to begin this morning, and then the jurors are going to begin their deliberations. But it'll be interesting to see how that one comes out. It's coming up on 5:11. Time to check in with John Thomas in traffic. Quick takes, ripping through the biggest news stories of the day in record time, providing you all you need to know. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And at 5.14, we've got Tris, Chris Trinkman in here from the newsroom. And what's going on this morning, Chris? Good morning, Jack. So were you able to get any of the free beer yesterday? <laughs> no, I missed out on it, darn it. <laughs> there was free beer on I-75 southbound yesterday morning. And it's a beer I drink. That uh, Coors Light, Coors Light and, and Bud Light are my beers. Go. Yeah, it was spilled all over the highway near Brooksville, but I think some of the cans were, were still sealed. So if you got there quick enough, you could have grabbed some. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this thing uh, closed down the interstate for a little while. They were able to clean it up. But kind of an unusual scene there, just silver cans all over the place. And, uh, you know, the smell of beer everywhere up there in Hernando County. Yeah, I wonder if anybody got drunk driving through there just smelling it. Yeah, well, you know, the... I was just hoping maybe some people were able to, you know, save some money on their 12-packs. Yes, indeed. That, you know, and four semi-trucks involved in that crash. Yeah, that's like, yeah, absolutely, Jack. And apparently it was a situation where they one of them clipped another. And when that happens, uh, you know, bad things happen after that. Yeah. And a uh, truck lost control and, uh, you know, spun out and, and then spilled its cargo. So for, speaking of uh, beer and, you know, other drinks... Ebor City bartenders were arrested, part of a Tampa Police Department sting, saying that they were selling drugs, not just liquor, to bar patrons. According to the investigation, they were selling things like cocaine and Adderall to customers who were at these clubs. And this is in three different places there, wasn't it? Yeah, four places, actually. Four places. Southern Nights, White Lie Bar, Coyote Ugly Saloon. And the Tangra Night Nightclub, and according a couple to, of those I've gone to several times. Yeah, but well, hopefully just for beer, just for beer, right? You didn't you didn't get any extras. No. Yeah, well, they were saying that they were showing up with shot glasses and, and other ways of distributing these drugs. Clearly, some kind of organized operation. And over a two month period, they said they had no problem buying these drugs, and so they arrested four people involved with that. And the investigation continues. So former President Trump is calling the civil lawsuit filed by New York's Attorney General a witch hunt. Letitia James filed the suit against Trump for allegedly inflating his net worth, in particular claiming that his Mar-a-Lago resort was worth $740 million when it was actually assessed at $75 million, and also saying that his penthouse in Trump Tower had 30,000 square feet when it actually has 11,000. Apparently he would use these... Uh, exaggerations uh, to allegedly get loans at banks because if you have a higher valued property you can get more 
uh, you can borrow more money in loans against that property. Yeah, uh, Trump does have a lot of money. There's no question about that. But uh, they were saying, of course, he was trying to get more, apparently. And I think he's worth a couple of billion. And uh, that's a nice piece of change. Yeah. He was on Hannity last night, and he said that the whole thing is a witch hunt. He said that he was considering settling the case, but he said that based on the allegations they made, he couldn't settle because he just couldn't accept the accusations that they were making, saying it just wasn't true. Yeah. So once again, it's another thing that former President Trump has to deal with legally in his time after after being president. Yeah, you wonder again how this is going to impact will it be a plus or a negative for his running in 2024 if indeed he decides to run and i think most people think he will it's not clear yet jack because he hasn't officially announced but if you look at some of the polling data at least here in florida it looks like governor DeSantis is starting to overtake trump at least in the short term there was a poll that came out in usa today yesterday that said that in florida among republican voters Ron DeSantis has an eight-point lead over Trump, 48 to 40 uh, percent. Now, that's not the same as in other states. For the most part, Trump still leads all the Republican potential contenders in polling. But here in Florida, where people get a pretty close look at the governor and Trump as well, because of his residence down in South Florida, yeah, uh, they appear to be choosing Ron DeSantis. But, but here's the thing. When Trump makes an announcement, that's when they need to start doing the polling. Because I have a feeling that those polls are going to change a lot if Trump just comes out and says, hey, I'm running for president again, rather than speculating whether, because, you know, neither DeSantis nor Trump have said that they're running officially. Yeah. But when we get some official announcements, that's when they should do the polling, because that's when people will know who a candidate uh, they can choose is. Yeah, DeSantis obviously can't because he's running for governor again, but it would be interesting if Trump were to be able to, talk to Santos into being his VP candidate uh, because it would only be one term for Trump and DeSantis could run after that for two terms. He's only in his 40s, so he can easily be president for a couple of terms after the 24 term. Yeah, he's a little, 28. just about half his age when you think yeah. about it. And so, yeah, that's right. So we'll see what, what happens with that. But in the meantime, uh, definitely a uh, what appears to be somewhat of a rivalry. You know, Trump was reportedly not real happy about the whole shipping of the migrants from Texas to Massachusetts. Trump claims that that was originally his idea. Yeah. And that DeSantis stole it. But so, they're doing it. <laughs> they're doing it. This is incredible. That border is still so open and so many criminals and everything. I mean, potential terrorists coming across there, fentanyl, all kinds of bad things coming across there, and we don't shut that bordered down well they've apprehended uh, more than two million people at the border this year that's an all-time record yeah so how shows many you, have they not apprehended that's the yeah big question yeah i mean it just shows you how many people are down there trying to get in yeah so losing sleep on a regular basis could increase the risk for heart disease a new study in the journal of experimental medicine shows that cutting sleep short could harm immune stem, uh, stem cells they increase the risk of inflammatory disorders. So if they were taking blood samples from 14 healthy volunteers, cut their sleep, 
they basically took everybody working on the show and, <laughs> and said, let's see what your blood looks like after six weeks. And uh, apparently it wasn't good. Yeah, I'm, I'm a nap guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how that works. Like, if, if you're somebody who gets like four or five hours and then you take a three-hour nap and then you take a second one-hour nap, does that all add up to the same thing? Or do you have to get it consecutively? Yeah, I, I only get about four hours sleep at night. Yeah, or I'm in bed four hours trying to get four hours sleep, and <laughs> get, you get and, four hours of staring at the ceiling, and then I get about an hour and a half or two hours in the morning nap, and maybe another thirty minutes to an hour in the afternoon nap. <laughs> but on the weekends, I make up for it. <laughs> yeah, I don't really get much nap time, and so maybe I should pay close attention to this sort of thing. You know, it, I think with some people, they're they're absolutely required to get eight hours. If they don't get eight hours, they can't function. And then there are people who can get by with six, five, or yeah. maybe even less, just because of the nature of who they are. Now, whether that's good for them or not, uh, that's a, another issue. But uh, there are definitely people out there that can do it, uh, especially people who work on morning radio. Yeah, and I've made it a long way. There you go. So far. <laughs> well, Chris, I'll have more coming up in eight minutes at the bottom of the hour. Thanks, Thank you, Jack. Chris. It's... 522 on AM Tampa Bay. Time to check in with John Thomas and all the motor vehicles out there. Will the GOP become the majority once again in the Senate? Can the Democrats hang on to their seats? Wall-to-wall midterm coverage happens here. Now, back to AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. By the way, if you went to bed early last night, good thing. As the Astros beat the Rays five to two, swept them for not good three games, um, and I think they've got thirteen games left. But anyway, they got the Jays tonight through Sunday. Think they're going to make a comeback? <clears throat> Let's hope so. Fingers crossed. It hasn't been a good past few days. Yeah, they're in good shape. I mean, in decent shape for making the playoffs, but they're going to have to be in. Some early games, obviously. Um, they got, again, the Jays tonight through Sunday. And then this Sunday at 4, our 2-0 and Bucks will host the 1-1 and Packers. Packers beat the Bears but lost to the uh, Vikings. So um, still good stuff going on. My Mountaineers are taking on Virginia Tech tonight at 7.30. I know all the. Mountaineer fans will be gathering to watch that together. But um, it's nice to be into the football season and have the baseball season going on, too. And we're not far away from the beginning of the lightning season. And, of course, that's always a good one around these parts. By the way, um, John McVeigh, my buddy John, sent me this. But they say the US that a U.S. beer shortage looms because of a gap in carbon dioxide supply and then the shortage is caused by some natural contaminations and uh, it's forcing brewers to cut back so uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there with a beer shortage that's bad it's 528 on AM Tampa Bay Keeping you up on what's trending, here's the AM Tampa Bay Trendsetter, Katie Bacino. And at 
5.37. What have we got trending this morning, Katie? Well, I'm just saying this because there are still a few people who don't know, and I'm not personally a big fan of this, but I know a lot of people are excited. The Mexican pizza is back at Taco Bell. The Mexican pizza, what makes that different from others? It's not a normal pizza. It's made with taco ingredients, so it's like... um, tortilla shell and then there's meat on it and like some special sauce they got some beans inside it's like beans and taco meat inside i actually had my first one uh this past weekend it's very popular right now because it disappeared for a long time and a lot of artists were like complaining on social media saying they wanted it back and now it's back so people who had never had it before like james are going to try it i haven't had it since i was a kid so maybe i need to retry it jack i'm sure you've probably not had one no i haven't i'm gonna stick with tates and my pizza with sausage (laughs) it's definitely not your regular pizza so with you there are a lot of national days today. It is National Legwear Day. Legwear? Yeah. Like it, shoes or pantyhose? No. Legwear, like you wear on your legs, not your feet. So, like pants and. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I got my legwear on then? Yeah. I, I would cool. guess that's what it is. It's also National White Chocolate Day. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Eh, I'm not the biggest white chocolate well, fan. Well, I like chocolate, chocolate better, but. Yeah, I like white regular chocolate's chocolate. okay. But I'm not discriminating. National Ice Cream Cone Day. And speaking oh. of Ice Cream Cone Day, I put up a blog yesterday, amchampabay.com. A while ago, I took like a poll to Facebook and asked people what their favorite ice cream spot was in the Tampa Bay area. So I have the top five on our blog. Again, amchampabay.com. Aaron was mad at me yesterday because he said the number one spot is like a hidden gem and I outed it. He was like, you told people about my favorite ice cream spot. I was like, listen, the people spoke. I just i went with what they said what? i've never been there though to the number one spot it's what Bo's, is the number one spot bo's ice cream where's that i think it's in seminole heights i i'll, I'll I check think real you're... Quick. yeah north i've never even heard of it north florida ave tampa florida 7101 north florida ave i'm honestly not sure it's a tiny little ice cream stand though and when i asked this on facebook people raved about bo's ice cream said it's super creamy it's delicious and i looked up pictures of it and it is just like a tiny little ice cream stand which those places always have the best ice cream sounds good (laughs) but if you're looking for an ice cream cone today for national ice cream cone day I said said ice cream cone way too many times there. Uh, go to amchampabay.com and you can look at the top five places. There's even one of those places, Revolutionary Ice Cream Company, that has alcoholic ice cream. Ooh. Oh, I don't. I think I'll keep those things separate. Mm-mm, that's pretty good. <laughs> it's a alcoholic lot, ice cream. Lot to celebrate today. Also, National National Elephant Appreciation Day, World Rhino Day. We love elephants and rhinos. We do. I uh, thought about getting a couple in the studio, but you know, I didn't want to have to clean up their mess, so I did without. I almost rode an elephant one oh, time when I was in the circus. Did you? And uh, and this was the one in Washington. I've been a clown twice in the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus. Once here in St. Pete, I was a guest clown and. Then when I was up in D.C., they had me as a guest clown up there. And at one time they said, we'll have you come out on an elephant. I said, what? I love it. Let's do it. But we didn't do it. I didn't get to ride the elephant. Aww. But what the heck. Bummer. It was a good time anyway. It's 541. Time to check in with John Thomas on the the mechanical traffic. 
Now, taking a look back at this day in history on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And at 545, this day in history is presented by the Duncan Duo. This day in history, September 22nd. In 1692, the last hanging of those convicted of witchcraft in the Salem Witch Trials. Uh, others are eventually released, but 19 were hanged. 14 women and five men. Men witches, I guess. 1711, the Tuscarora War begins in present Northdale, uh, North Carolina. 1776, Nathan Hale is hanged for spying during the American Revolution. 1789, the Office of the United States Postmaster General is established. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. 1862, a preliminary version of the Emancipation Proclamation, Freeing Slaves, is released by Abraham Lincoln. 1896, Queen Victoria surpasses her grandfather, King George the Third, as the longest reigning monarch in British history, 63 years. And, of course, that was just topped by Elizabeth II, who was uh, reigning for almost 71 years. 1914, a German submarine sinks three British cruisers over a 70-minute period, killing almost 1,500 sailors. 1919, the steel strike of 1919, led by the Amalgamated Association of Iron and Steel Workers, begins in Pennsylvania before spreading across the United States. 1941, the Holocaust in the Ukraine. On the Jewish New Year, the German SS murders 6,000 Jews in the Ukraine, and those are the survivors of the previous killings that took place a few days earlier, in which about 24,000 Jews were executed. 1975, Sarah Jane Moore tries to assassinate U.S. President Gerald Ford, but is foiled by the Secret Service. 1993, a barge strikes a railroad bridge over Mobile, Alabama, causing the deadliest train wreck in Amtrak history as 47 passengers were killed. In 1995, an E-3B AWACS crashes outside Elmendorf Air Force Base, Alaska, after multiple bird strikes to two of the four engines soon after takeoff, and all 24 on board were killed. Locally, 1886 railroad tracks between Sanford and Tampa were converted from narrow to regular gauge. And I think the uh, railroad runs there now. And finally, in 1897, 
the record coolest September temperature. And once again, the guessing game. The coolest September temperature. That would be overnight. Uh, 68. I have no idea. And I'm going to go with 82. 82. It's not very cool. And well, it's Florida. That'll break that tonight. <laughs> As it gets into the 70s. No, it got down to 54 one night. It's oh. really chilly. Yeah. For I this wish, time of year. I wish that were like it right now. It should be like that. <laughs> Maybe tomorrow at 904. Yes, indeed. And that's our Today in History presented by the Duncan Duo. Get your career booming by being a part of the number one real estate team in Florida. Visit now by joining the duo.com. And it's 549 on AM Tampa Bay. And time to check in now with John Thomas and traffic. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And it is 5, coming up on 5.53 on AM Tampa Bay. And Rory O'Neill joins us right now, our NBC News radio reporter. And uh, Rory, we've heard about this college debt relief plan that President Biden has come up with. And this has caused a lot of controversy because a lot of people are saying it's going to impact them in a big way. I mean, they had to pay for their own college debt, and why do they now have to pay for somebody else's? Well, right. And, you know, it's a program that could cost close to $1 trillion by some estimates, or, as I'm using air quotes, as cheap as $300 billion. Uh, in Florida, though, we're talking about 2.4 million people losing uh, or getting $10,000 of their college debt wiped off the books. If they're Pell Grant recipients, they could get up to $20,000 wiped off the books, and that covers another $1.7 million just in Florida. Nationwide, it's closer to 40 million people who could be getting relief under this program. President Biden uh, had made this a campaign promise when running for office. Yeah, I'm guessing that uh, those are going to be surefire bets for, uh, or uh, votes for uh, President Biden come 2024. But on the other hand, uh, it's going to turn a lot of people off, and a lot of people are going to be voting against them because all of a sudden they're having to pay for somebody else's college debt. Right, indeed. And, you know, it's really gotten people angry on both sides, or at least a strong reaction on both sides. As you said, a lot of people who worked very hard to pay off their debts resent the handouts that are given. Others say, hey, look, if it helps them out, you know, because that, that money went to train the nurse that's taking care of me. Well, okay, I guess that may be worth it. That's an investment. Uh, so, yeah, uh, strong emotions, though, on both sides. Right now, some conservative groups are trying to find people withstanding, as they'd say, uh, people who qualify for this relief, who want to file a legal challenge to the program. Uh, so this could be fought in the courts, and these, uh, this loan forgiveness may not happen for quite some time. If it did go to the courts, I mean, that would stop it from happening until a decision was made. But what would be the case for uh, doing away with it? I mean, the president has the authority to do that, doesn't he? 
Well, it's under, well, that's the, that's one of the big issues as to whether or not he does, because it was passed essentially under this COVID program. So whether or not he can wipe out the debt is a bit of a, an open legal question, some would argue. And, you know, uh, people have not been paying their student loans. They haven't had to uh, since the pandemic began. But those payments are going to start up again in January. President Biden uh, pushed back the restart of the program. What a coincidence uh, until after the midterm elections. <laughs> So, did you uh, pay for your own education? I did. University of Rhode Island, my state school. And, and back then, I think it was uh, 1200 bucks a semester. Mm, yeah, Rhode Island. Yeah, I'm a West Virginia Mountaineer, and that was the reason I got into radio, was getting a part-time job so I could afford it. Also, the reason I ended up in Vietnam, because <laughs> ROTC <laughs> paid $200 a month, and uh, oh, there you go. But again, we had to work to pay our way through college, but I guess they're not going to have to do that anymore. Well, I laughed too. You know, these are all Pell grants. You know, I used to cover, as a reporter, I used to cover Senator Pell, you know, the the guy this is named after. Someone said they thought it stood for public education loan. I said, no, it's actually a guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rory O'Neill, our NBC News radio reporter on Twitter, at Radio Rory, will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Jack. And it's 557 on AM Tampa Bay. Berg Radio. From Odessa to Clearwater, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. It is your information czars right here, and that would be incredibly cute and cognitive Katie and judicious James and jocular Jack right here. And checking out some birthdays right now. It's six minutes after six. Uh, we've only got four of them to report. Eric Miller. I might have made a mistake on this. Al Miller. We got two Millers. Maybe. Wow. Hmm. Hope I didn't make a mistake there. Eddie Robinson. And uh, Eddie is a male model. Sure, Katie would like to check that out. And. <laughs> Scott Monette. So happy birthday to them. And I hope I got those names right. I'm sure you did. Have you all got some birthdays to report here? I do. I have my friend from high school, Darian Jackson, and apparently all eight of the Facebook she's ever created. Dustin Seeger, Mark Allen, Francisco Quintero, Sam Marshall, and Cameron Drake. And I've got Megan Munez. That's it. Yeah, there were Eric Miller and Al Miller having birthdays today. So I just checked it out for sure. Happy birthday to the Millers and everybody else. Yes, indeed. And uh, <laughs> if you have someone with a birthday coming up and may need a garage door tune-up, our friends at Banco Overhead Doors are ready to help you out. They'd like to give one lucky winner a special Banco birthday cake and they did one for me, and I think we can all three say those cakes are incredible. They're so mm. good. You better them. believe it. And a free garage door tune-up, no cost. And the birthday cakes are delicious, a great gift. So we're going to take the seventh caller is going to get that birthday garage door tune-up and the cake. So be the seventh caller at 800 969 Nine three five two, 
And we'll wait and see if the calls start coming in here. Oh, they will. It's a little bit of a delay at times, but yeah, I got yeah. a joke if you want to fill some time. Oh, yeah. I want to hear your joke. All right. So you have uh, Katie and Clay roaming through the field of flowers, and she, <laughs> and she says, how much do you love me? And he said, look into the sky and count the stars. That's how much I love you. And she says, but the sun is shining. And he said, there you go. <laughs> Oh. She hates me right now. You're, well, she's <laughs> she's going to be in trouble. She's going to throw a stapler at me. You're going to be in trouble with Clay, too, <laughs> I might add. Well, I've got some bad ones here, too. What did the comic Sands say to the New Times Roman? What's that? You're not my type. <laughs> uh, what do you call an Adam that tells a joke? Hmm. A laughing matter. <laughs> is, is that David? It is. <laughs> I love yours and his laugh. Um, what happened when the numbers 19 and 20 got into a fight? Uh, I don't know what. 21. <laughs> and oh, this one's bad. What do flowers study in college? Hmm. STEM. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. For those who aren't aware of STEM, it stands for science, technology, engineering, and math, and that's a big deal in college these days. That's true. Have we got a winner yet on our birthdays coming up? Yes, we do. Uh, Katie's getting all the info information now. Well, we'll... Uh, we'll announce the winner after the break here. Okay. And we'll have the break right now at 610 with John Thomas and traffic. Restrictions may apply. Throwing it back with Jack on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. Hey, first want to congratulate Dan from Valrico, who is going to be the winner with our birthday. Woohoo, Dan! The garage door tune-up and also a fantastic cake from Banco. I've had both. They're great. Um, well, this is throwback. This is how I got my name, Jack Harris. I've always wondered about this. Yeah, when I was born, uh, my father's name, my dad's name was William Harris, and uh, his nickname was Bill. And my uncle decided he didn't want me to have the same name, Bill Jr., or anything like that. So he said, let's call him Bucky. He named me Bucky Harris, wanted me to be named Bucky Harris, after a Major League Baseball player who later became a manager of the Washington Senators and is in the Hall of Fame. So they decided, okay, we'll go with that, Bucky Harris, instead of Bill Harris, uh, although my name is William. And then years and years later, I used that name on the radio, Bucky Harris, starting my hometown of Logan at the station there, and then up in Morgantown, uh where I went to school and worked part-time and then full-time at the radio station. And um, in 1970, I decided I wanted to go south and get away from the snow and everything. It snowed one Easter, which was a big disappointment. So I looked in broadcast magazine ads, and they were looking for somebody here. And so I applied for the job. 
and they said they wanted me to come down and to meet with me, so they flew me down here, and I spent the weekend in Tampa, and then went back after the weekend was over on Sunday, and Sunday night, I got a call from the manager or the program director, I guess it was, of the station. Uh, it was Jerry something. I've forgotten his last name now. But he said, by the way, what name are you going to use? And I said, well, I'm going to use my name, Bucky Harris. And they said, no, we don't like that one. We don't like that at all. you got to come up with something else. And I said, well, let me think about it, and I'll call you tomorrow. And they said, no, we got to have it right now because we got to turn in names of shows for the uh, ratings, which are going out now. And I said, oh, i got to do it now. Well, let me think for a second. And so I decided, well, my boss's name was Jack, Jack Fleming, who was the voice of the Mountaineers and the voice of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so I thought, well, that sounds okay. How about Jack? They said, yeah, that'll be great. That'll be fine. Jack Harris. So I became Jack Harris. That's kind of like a nice tribute to uh, to your boss. Oh, yeah. He was around for a while after that. Uh, but I became Jack. But some people still call me Bucky. In fact, Ted Webb, my old buddy and co-worker Ted Webb, yeah. used to always call me Bucky on and off the air. Bucky in the morning. I was still Bucky to him. and um, But anyway, that was how I became Jack Harris. Not bad. I like that story. Because otherwise, that'd have been either Bill Harris or, I guess, Bucky Harris. <laughs> I think if you still went by Bucky, you would definitely have to have more of a, a southern accent. More of a southern accent, yeah, like 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 a draw or something. A Bucky Harris. Like Bucky in the morning. <laughs> well, I thought I had a little bit of a southern accent. A little bit, a tiny bit. Yeah, you sound like my wife. She gets on me because <laughs> I don't have a good southern accent. Well, Joey's an awesome person, so. I had another interesting thing having to do with that when I was a little kid and lived in Timberville, Virginia. My dad took me up to the uh, see the Washington Senators play baseball, and I had a program, and in the program, it had the picture of Bucky Harris and all that stuff, the guy that I was named after, um, who was the manager of the team then. And, I mean, he has since gone to the Hall of Fame and everything else. But after the game, we went out and I had my program and to meet the uh, players and the manager when they came out of the locker room. And when he came down, I was really excited to get to meet him, the guy I had been named after. And when he came down there, I stopped him and I said, "Uh, you know, Mr. Harris or whatever, I was named after you. I'm Bucky Harris, too. He said, oh, that's nice. And I said, can I get you to autograph my, my book here? And I thought, this will be great. He'll have Bucky Harris in there. And he took it, and he autographed it with his real name, Stanley R. Harris. <laughs> I didn't find that out until I got home. But I've still got that program. <laughs> Joy's got it somewhere in there, but... Stanley R. Harris in the program. But enough of that boredom. It's 
620 on AM Tampa Bay. And let's check in with John Thomas in traffic. The race for Florida governor is heating up. Christ versus DeSantis. All the latest found right here. Now, back to AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And Katie and James, I might add, it's 625 on AM Tampa Bay. And we're joined now by Austin Flannery again, the uh, from the National Weather Service. And Austin, we now have Invest 98FL, I think it's called with the potential to come into the Gulf of Mexico, and this is the first one that doesn't pose a real threat to us, but has the possibility of it according to the lines we see drawn on that thing. Yeah, so uh, Invest 98L, um, as it's been known, that's kind of what these disturbances get until they actually get a name. Um, You know, it's still what that means is it's still very much a disorganized uh, system. You know, kind of looking at some of the imagery this morning, satellite, it's very disorganized. It's just kind of an area of showers and thunderstorms um, that's moving across um, the the Caribbean currently. Uh, The environment that's going to be moving into is favorable for for development. The current forecast has a 90% chance of development in the next five days. Um, But at this point, uh, you know, there's still a lot of uncertainty as to what sort of impacts would look like for our area. Um, Really, there's... There's not a lot of concrete things to say yet about it as far as that goes. But, you know, it only takes one storm, and these are certainly good reminders to make sure that you're prepared for any impacts from a storm, right? It is hurricane season. It's the active part of the season for us, so it's a good time to be prepared. Yep, and you better go buy your toilet paper and uh, all those kind of goodies that (laughs) everybody runs out to buy when the hurricanes are coming, but... uh... Yeah, this, and what about the other ones that we do have that have become tropical storms or hurricanes? Yeah, so there's two others that are out there currently right now, Fiona and Gaston. Um, Gaston is way up to the north and east of the United States. It's out over the central Atlantic Ocean. Um, and then we have Fiona, which is um, kind of spinning off the east coast of uh, Florida, well to the east still of the Bahamas, though. Um, Fiona is is really no impact to us here in Florida. It could be a, a concern for folks up in Canada here in a couple of days, um, but really no issue for the East Coast or any of Florida, really, at this point. It's staying, staying way to the east. And I guess Bermuda is going to take a hit again. Yeah, they're going to be experiencing some impacts from the storm system. Um, it's the, the the core of the storm, the strongest winds, um, most significant impacts should stay over the ocean, but uh, nevertheless, Bermuda is certainly going to be feeling at least some of the storm as it passes just to the west of the island. And they're used to them, so they know how to handle them. Yeah, yep, they are very used to this. They're, they're a very resilient island. They're well prepared for a storm like this. For sure. Well, Austin Flannery, we will stay in touch with you at the National Weather Service as we keep an eye particularly on Invest 98FL and make sure that we're not impacted by that one but thanks for joining us all right you're welcome and it's 628 we'll have jay ratliff joining us in just a few minutes uh with the latest on the market and inflation and the fed and what they're doing right now and how that's going to impact you but before that we have the dope of the day oh yeah the dope of the day coming up from katie can't forget katie i <laughs> know She's good about those dopes of the day. It's 628 on AM Tampa Bay. (laughs) 
Let's hear about the dopiest <laughs> dope of all the dopes of the day. On AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. <laughs> and Katie Buccino with, uh, yes, I'm going to be our dope of the day. <laughs> no. But who have we got as our dope of the day? This is actually a young man from Tampa, Florida, 23-year-old Taylor Beverly. He's pleaded guilty to fleeing or eluding charge in connection with a high-speed chase last year and was sentenced to two months in jail. So I guess he was trying to impress a date he was on, a first date. And he blew through a red light in front of a police car that gave chase to his motorcycle well and he was you know he's going in and out of traffic well over a hundred miles per hour according to the arrest that's a date yeah uh his female passenger not impressed told police that she was screaming at him to stop but he refused (laughs) um he, he she just said he was trying to show off and this was their very first date. I'm willing to bet this was also probably their last date. <laughs> I'm not getting on a motorcycle with anyone on a first date. If I've never seen them drive and I don't know that they're not a crazy driver. True. Mm-mm. No, thank <laughs> you. Yeah, they could easily ride like a D-bag. Yeah, seriously. I, I mean, I, and I'm not saying all motorcyclists do because they absolutely don't. But I have to trust you to get on the back of a motorcycle with you. I'm not getting on the back on a first date because something like this could happen. Yeah, it certainly can. No, thank oh. you. 23 years old, and this is how he's driving on a motorcycle. Well, so, shame on you, Taylor Beverly. He's right here in Tampa. Yeah, good. We have a local one now. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not good. I well, wish yeah, that they yeah. were in Tampa, but... We don't need dopes here in Tampa. We have enough already. <laughs> but you know there's someone listening, and they're like, I know Taylor. <laughs> well, there, yeah, that's a good possibility, too. Give him a yeah. whooping. Hey, who was that that sent that? recording just a couple of i ago. don't there's no name or anything it was just uh just a little talkback feature on the iheart radio app yeah i really appreciate that but there you go um anyway that was our dope of the day and jay ratliff coming up in just a few minutes there's one other thing i plan to get oh we'll have to get into this but a tampa man and i'm reading this with his natural curls highlights and a mustache to match is hoping the country thinks his mullet is the best of all in all America. Oh boy. Well, yeah. he just missed the 2022 mullet championship. I mean, he just missed it. What? Well, oh yeah, that's right. They said he's vying for the USA mullet championship. Oh, maybe, it's a, maybe it's a different one. Oh no, you Top know what? Prize along with 99 other guys from across the country. When we talked about it a little a co- like last month it was the teen and kids division. So now it must be the men's division. The adult mullet. What's uh, I thought a mullet was a fish. <laughs> it is a fish. But <laughs> it looks all- like a fish on your head. It's also a haircut. Billy Ray Cyrus used to rock a mullet for years. Think of a ponytail, only a bigger ponytail, I guess, on a guy. How would you describe a kid? So it's just long hair on a guy? Yeah. Uh, it's party in the... Wait. Business in the front, party in the back. Whoa. That's what they say. <laughs> That's what they say about mullets. Oh, my Lord. The uh, mullet championship. When I messaged Clay on Facebook, he had a mullet. Oh, really? Yeah, I sure did. But Can then he cut it off them. like the day after I messaged him. <laughs> like, I can't look like this anymore. <laughs> Where is this guy from, though? He's from here in the city, Jack? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Let me see. Fox 13 had the story. That was where I saw it. Uh, yeah, Tampa guy. All right. Well, we'll have to get on and vote for him. They take seriously this mullet championship. They win some serious money if you win. Yeah, you get $2,500. 
And then I think this all of the mullet championship, I, I don't know if you have it there on your sheet, Jack, but doesn't some of it go to charity? Like the ticket costs go to like stop veteran suicide or something. Oh, here you go, Katie. Anchor Brent. He's a Tampa man. He uh, he goes to USF. Oh, okay. Yeah, let I me do, see. Anchor Brent. Yeah, I do remember seeing. I think you had to pay five dollars to enter this championship, and the five dollars goes to stop veteran suicide. So it, it's a give back thing too. Well, that's good. Look at that mustache. Oh wow, that is a serious <laughs> mullet. Well, there you go. Well, vote for him. I don't think I'll grow a mullet. <laughs> I'll give up I on that. I would love to see that. I'll go fishing for one. It's 641 on AM Tampa Bay. Time to check in with John Thomas and traffic. Monitoring every tick of the market. Here's Jay Ratliff, day trading expert on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And Jay joining us right now at 645. Um... Well, Jay, the Fed has raised interest rates, and the market apparently responded with the Dow going down a lot, 522 points. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it was excuse me, Jack, 1.7% drop yesterday. It was significant, and, you know, when the Fed made the announcement yesterday, it was interesting to watch the market drop and, and then soar and then stall and then drop again. Uh, closing down 522 points, as you mentioned. It was a three-quarter of a percentage point rate hike, and that's three times the typical historic increase when the Fed comes to the table. And that's what took place, and that size of an increase has not happened just once or twice, but three times this year already. And as you and I have discussed, that sends the clear signal that the Fed is uh, desperate uh, to stay out of inflation. Yeah, I, I can't remember the numbers exactly, but I remember some time ago the uh, Dow was possibly going, what, over 600 or something like that and didn't quite get there, but apparently it's been falling ever since. It has been. And, you know, Jack, the Fed made it clear that they're going to do what's necessary, and they're going to continue raising interest rates as needed. But look, that's going to continue to impact the nation's economy. I mean, when you just look at the, the, the home mortgage rate for the uh, current average rate for a 30-year fixed mortgage as of this morning, the average national uh, average is 6.43%. That's up 24 basis points since the same time last week. And, you know, you start talking about the mortgage rate, 6.43% compared to what we've been seeing of late is uh, certainly, I think, indicative of, of the pain it's, it's inflicting. But look, forgotten in all of this is the war between Russia and Ukraine. Now, if Putin opts to deploy any of these nuclear weapons that he's been talking about of late, uh, that would send that part of the world into a spiral, certainly would cause a, a minor meltdown in global markets. And if we add that kind of uncertainty to the fragile economy we have here in the United States, uh, the stock market could get very ugly very fast if anything like that happens and obviously when you're dealing with a loose cannon like uh, putin who thought that this war would be over in about seven days uh anything's on the table for him and that's certainly something that should be worrying investors but it doesn't seem to be doing that too much at least as now well what kind of an impact would a conflict with china cause because now it does seem like we're getting into a over Taiwan, we're getting into a kind of a nasty, heated debate with with the Chinese now. 
when you're talking about uh, two of the world's uh, largest economies having issues, yes, that would be something that would be a problem. Plus, China's already seen their economy slowing down considerably as well. So th- there's just so many things here that that are on the table, and none of them are good from an economic standpoint. And we're only about, ah, what, 2% or so from the, the Dow dropping under 30,000 for uh, only, I think, the second time we've been there in the last year one time. But it, it could certainly cause investors who get excited when the market's climbing and hits 30 for the first time and it goes on from there. When they see it starting to drop and it gets under there, Many times with some investors, it, it, it sparks additional panic as they fear that well, now that we're 29, it could go further, and then they start selling emotionally, and then it just it takes off from there. But I'm telling you, this week with the Fed, it's, it's what, the fifth rate hike this year, and it's something that uh, uh, they're going to do what they need to do. And they're not really worried about the upcoming midterm elections. They said, look, uh, we're, we're not a political body. What we're trying to do is – stay ahead of inflation, and we're going to do everything that we can. And Jerome Powell, as transparent as he tries to be, has made it clear to investors that the position of the Fed would continue and would they would respond as they felt necessary uh, in light of the still surging inflation numbers in some sectors. So it's going to be interesting to see where things go. Well, all right, Jay, we appreciate your joining us, and we'll talk to you again next week. Looking forward to it, Jack. A lot can happen between now and then. I'll be ready. Oh, it certainly can. Thank you. It's 6.50 on AM Tampa Bay, and time to check in with John Thomas and traffic. Live from the WFLA studios, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And it's 6.54, almost 6.55 on AM Tampa Bay. Um, Got to check out our blog here because... As always, Katie's got some great stuff on here, and I haven't seen this one, the massive monitor lizard. It's about the size of an alligator. Uh, caught climbing up a Florida man's window. Yeah, he looked out onto his front porch, and there was a monitor lizard outside. And you see iguanas here in Florida sometimes, not so much in Tampa, but you see iguanas. But monitor lizards you don't often see there obviously not supposed to be here so it shocked the guy yeah i've never seen one of those around here they're big i would not want to see one i would think that thing was a gator if i saw that thing looking at me in in the window yeah that's what it looks like it's trying to get in it was climbing up the screen it would freak me out yeah the iguanas i've seen and and obviously the florida wildlife commission says the same thing but florida fish and wildlife but they say the same thing. They're obviously out and becoming a thing because people get them as pets and then release them, and that's how a lot of these species. If my mom saw that thing, because she's a crazy cat lady, she's like, I hear, do you want some? Are you hungry? <laughs> Start feeding <laughs> no, it. Get away, mom. <laughs> I'd rather stick to the green iguana. I would rather have to have an iguana, too, if I have yeah. to choose between no, the, the two. the green iguana restaurant. Oh, oh, yeah, oh yeah. Okay. Over here on West Shore. Yeah. And we've got, this is incredible. I have seen this, this transgender teacher who's got this enormous prosthetic bust. And he's, or he or she, whatever you want to call him, he's transgender. And uh, and, and he is teaching kids. That's incredible. But you want to check that one out. we got the... Greatest political ad you've seen. 
And, uh, oh, and this one, if you go down far enough here, five reasons why it's tough to be a guy. And, I mean, this really makes it tough to be a guy. We got to tomorrow or next week get into this thing because uh, Bert and Plant City's brought it up again. Why don't we talk about why it's better to be a guy than to be a girl? So uh, we'll get into that either tomorrow or next week. But, Katie, you're going to be the only defender of the girls. Okay. (laughs) And meanwhile, we'll see you next autumn on AM Tampa Bay. Live it up.